Hello, hello, ambitious introverts. It's Heather here, and this is season two of the Find Your Focus podcast. So welcome back. If you have been tuning in all of last season, listening to the various ambitious introverted guests we've had featuring all their creative ways of engaging and um, interacting in the world. I hope they've been inspiring to you and informative and have given you tips and maybe even some entertainment as you've navigated 2020. Um, if you're new uh, to the podcast, thank you and welcome. Um, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This episode is featuring um, Lisa Farrell. She is a match making expert and she's going to be talking about how to start dating as an introvert well socially distancing dating as an introvert and so it's full of tons of tips and I hope it's helpful for you as you start the new year and as we um, start February. Um, this was a really interesting conversation for myself. Um, I so kind of like you know step back maybe 2019. I, um, after 11 years of living, living in Scotland, I decided to move back home to be closer to family. And so I moved to Washington, D.C. in June 2019. Started to kind of get a feel for the city and, and kind of start to to lie some roots down, meet some people. And then of course the pandemic hit. So, um, just like you, you're probably thinking of all those moments, um, last year that challenged you and that threw the wrench, (laughs) you know, uh, in the, the machine and messed things up a little bit. Um, and so, yes, um, my goals of connecting with family for next er, for last year were definitely put on pause. Um, one of my other goals was to actually start dating. Um, I had stopped dating right before, actually, <laughs> about over two years before I moved to Scotland or moved back to the States from Scotland. Um, and... I was really keen to start to date again to find somebody who would want a long-term relationship and and um, marriage and kids in the future, and so that certainly was definitely put on pause as well. Um, I um, when this all happened, of course, I was just as shook as probably you all um, as well, um, and I knew that I needed to take a beat that I couldn't just react based on what I was feeling, which was fear. Um, I knew that I wasn't going to get the best results with that. So took a step um, to just to rest and to sit in that um, fertile void and to just fill my soul up with things that made me feel better. So that was um, venting to friends and family and checking up on them and seeing if they needed help. It was sleeping lots. Um, I actually got COVID during that time around last May. So I was also sleeping lots because of that. Um, and throughout a few months of just focusing on myself and my health and getting my energy back and my sheer focus was to, to look after my energy. I then sat in just a long enough fertile void where creative ideas and opportunities started to bubble up and that I I revisited that goal of mine which was to find that long-term partner and so I thought okay well let's just see what's out there um what do I have to lose and 
um, around, I think late August, early September, I started a date. Um, of course, I, I normally date multiple people at once because I tend to be more anxious as a dater and that's a way that I can enjoy the process more. Um, however, that's not something I was felt comfortable doing, um, as I was social distancing. So I made a rule to only date one person at a time, as in like, if I were to see them socially distance. So with that rule, it really gave me more clear boundaries, but also made me, um, review my, my deal breakers and then look at the conversations I was having via chat and then having conversations on video chat and seeing who were the people that were more aligned to my values and my interests and was I having fun with them? Were they somebody I'd hang out with as a friend? Um, or were they, um, expending my energy and making me feel worse about myself? And so it was a beautiful way of actually being able to, um, stay in tune with my, um, needs and making sure that they were met. So, um, this conversation with Lisa really hit home over the things that I was learning about myself and what I needed, um, in relationships last year. And I really hope it's just as a nourishing just as informative and inspiring to you. If you're contemplating um, getting back out there and starting to date in um, the new year. And of course, if you're not um, ready, that's perfectly fine, of course, as well. Perhaps you'll just listen to this and, and laugh and kind of relate as a person who's been in the dating world. Um, or maybe, you know, kind of laugh underneath the cover, eating some chocolate, being very glad you're not out there right now. Let me know, send me a DM if um, you thought this was good, what you did and didn't like, um, what you'd want to see more of in terms of relationships and dating on the podcast in the future. You can find me on Instagram at a restored radiance and I look forward to speaking with you soon. All right, enjoy. Find Your Focus is a recharging space for the ambitious, introverted woman. Grab a quick energy boost and reflect on how you want to show up as an introverted leader in your personal and professional life. Here's some inspiring stories of people around the world who've done things differently from society's extroverted expectations. Your host, Heather, a woman's leadership and life transitions coach, founder of a Restored Radiance Coaching for the Ambitious Introvert, international communicator and marketer, world traveler, UK expat, and fellow introvert. Heather aims to help ambitious, introverted women find their unique leadership voice and create life transition roadmaps from career changes to moving countries or cities. Join Heather every Tuesday to find your focus, to fill your mindset with positivity and motivation to go after your dreams using your own unique energy blueprint. Your perceived weaknesses are your powerhouse. Here is your host, Hello, ambitious introverts. It's Heather here, and I'm so excited to have um, our guest for the podcast today, Lisa Farrell. She's a dating expert and former matchmaker and introverted business owner for a virtual co-working space. She's also the pretty awesome founder of Find My Type Online and also a founder in Tandem Inc. So Lisa, happy Thanksgiving and thanks for joining us. <laughs> Hi, Heather. Thank you 
so much for having me too. Um, you know, like, and she does this and she does that and she does this, and I'm like, I'm a lot going on this season. <laughs> So I would definitely say just like just like doing the rap sheet that I just said, it sounds like you are a ambitious introvert. So I totally want to hear your ambitious introvert story. Um, yeah, sure. I'll start uh, from the top. So, you know, I've never been the type to sit around and I, I'm never bored. Um, it's never been part of my DNA, my personality, my lifestyle. So I guess you could say... Um, I think I've gotten to where I am today by making a lot of really crucial mistakes. And I don't normally like to start off on a negative note, but I just like on a negative note, but I just like to be really real with people. So I put some thought into this whenever you sent over these questions and I was thinking to myself, like, I made a lot of really big mistakes early on in my career because I being an introvert and being an only child, I'm very loyal and committed to people. And I was committed to the wrong people who didn't help me um, in my career or in my personal life uh, in a way that would like, tr you know, traject me into, you know, a lifestyle that I really wish I had, um, you know, looking at my friends and stuff that, that made the right choices. So I made a lot of mistakes by just being too committed to the wrong people and the wrong things. It didn't work out the way I wanted to. Um, but I think I'm, I'm getting to where I am now because I just realized that my most valuable asset as an introvert is my community. And then I think I've grown up a little bit over the last year, you know, about a year and a half ago. Um, no, actually two years. COVID made things fly by. <laughs> two years ago, I started rejecting people in every aspect of my life. Um, and I just all of a sudden I just snapped out of it and I think it was that moment where I said you know I've been in New York for almost coming up on six years and I'm not where I am not right now I have to be the one that takes responsibility for that and take charge of it I can't keep remaining loyal to the people that aren't helping me because I'm giving them everything I can so um so yeah I, I think of myself as like oh my god I have all this experience but like just wait 2021 is coming <laughs> Oh my God. Yes. I totally relate to you about how you're saying about, you know, being loyal to the wrong people. And, and also in that, almost that blind loyalty, you forget about being loyal to yourself and, and how much that, that affects you, your, all the pies of your life, all the pie slices. Yep. A hundred percent. So I want to talk about, yeah, you, you kind of, um, nodded you know alluded there to covid um <laughs> it's 2020 as we speak we're on the <laughs> the precipice of 2021 hoping for a better year but you never know just given what 2020 taught us right so <laughs> let's dive into the juiciness of 2020 scroll <laughs> up the sleeves yeah <laughs> right so I want to, yeah, you know, we're introverts. We, we love to dive in deep. Let's talk about um, when you and I were chatting offline, you mentioned that um, this year has had a lot of silver linings for you. You talked about deep empathy and sensitivity, but that you're phasing out of being overly empathetic. So I wanted to, to expand on this with you and, and ask how it showed up for you and how uh, for you and both your introverted dating clients. Um, well, 
Sure. So for me personally, this kind of goes back to what I was saying about a year and a half ago. I just started, I just started rejecting people and starting to really, I, I realized like I need to really grow myself, right? Um, so the silver linings for me was that I realized that I'm a very sensitive person. There's only so much in my mental bandwidth and I have to reserve that bandwidth for things and the people who, you know, there's this reciprocal relationship, right? Um, and so I realized that, you know, the media was making me very sick. COVID itself was making me very sick in the middle of this pandemic where there's like, uh, you know, over a thousand deaths a day and I was having panic attacks. Oops. Um, I was having panic attacks on the, you know, on the bathroom floor in my apartment and I was just so overwhelmed by the heaviness everything going on. I think it's almost like I, I went through this like PTSD moment, you know, and I just like woke up one day and I was like, I can't keep feeling like this. Like, why am I so sensitive to this? How am I going to be able to take care of myself if I or take care of other people if I keep depending on people that one, either aren't there or two, I'm trying to help my best friend who's one of like the head nurses, nurse anesthetist, or however you say it, she's calling me at 3 a.m. like three times a week thinking she was having, you know, a stroke. And I'm like trying to be the doctor on the call, right? I'm like, um, so what are the what are the symptoms of a stroke? If you were a patient right now, what would you say? So there was all these like massive, you know, extremely significant moments in the last year that I just kept thinking like, it doesn't have to be like this. It is what it is. I don't have to buy into this this shit anymore. Um, and I'm just gonna go ahead and be myself with like my body off. You know? <laughs> um, I don't have to keep buying into this dumb shit anymore. Like the media is making me super sick. And as I think a lot of introverts can probably relate to this, that there's only so much you can handle, right? So like with the Black Lives Matter, I've lived with a black family for six years. I we have experienced it firsthand where there is clear mistreatment and we even make fun of it sometimes because we just have a great family you know co-working relationship but i think it's just i realized whenever i went to these like you know i went to these marches and these protests and stuff that i i, I can't take care of anybody else and i can't be part of the problem if i'm the person that is just you know consuming more emotions um, so at this point, like as soon as I get it, I immediately switch into compassion mode and I'm like, okay, what can I do to be part of the solution? I don't want to be, you know, and also I'm 33, like I leave it for the young folks out there that are doing all this work. <laughs> you know? I, I, gotta, I gotta make, I, I need to help my friends that are part of like major policy changes and my friends that are going to be like, you know, coming to me because they are they are black or they are experiencing racism in the dating space. And I need to be able to say, I kind of get where you're coming from. I can be super compassionate and compassionate for you. And I know a solution to solve the problem, not keep empathizing with you on what you're going through. Does that make sense? It's, it's more about being a problem solver rather than just sitting here and like, wallowing in like the emotion and the emotion the emotion like i have i can't do it anymore it's just too much for me so so dating itself um i think dating is dating has become a little bit jaded for people um especially if you are you know if you are introverted and you are going through covid like you know the heaviness of it like a lot of us 
if you don't want to date, you don't have to. But there are some ways you can, you know, you can navigate dating um, and and do it in a way that feels right for you. So, yeah. Yeah, you've you've touched on obviously so much has happened in 2020, right? Like you were saying, uh, COVID. And and for the listeners who aren't aware, you were in the thick of it. You live in in New York City. You are um, a New York City trans, or um, you're originally from. Texas, aren't you? So you have family, you know, far away while you're living in um, New York City in the middle of a pandemic and like the epicenter of the U.S. Um, uh, mess. Yeah, they're like wild out there, you know, no masks, chilling on the beach, you know, which is fine if they're on the beach. I don't care about all that. But they're, you know, at one point I was like telling my mom, like a, I was like helicopter parenting her, like if you're not home by the count of 10, it's over. <laughs> And you said something there that just really hit home. You said um, you got so sick of overly consuming emotion. And I thought that was such a beautiful phrase for that intense. I think a lot of pe- a lot of introverts listening, especially since introverts are more likely to be highly sensitive or empathetic um, or empaths rather. Um, and so a lot of times introverts actually have trouble trying to switch off that empathy kind of lens and like you said in the moment in the middle of crises um where you're trying to be there for other people especially like your your friends in the medical field um that is that can be such a drain because we are our own gener energy generators and when we don't give ourselves space to get our own energy back it's like that constant drain right a hundred percent and for, for my for my best friend, I, I just kept thinking to myself, I have to be really strong for her, but am I being strong for myself right now? And I wasn't. I was super weak, and I couldn't lean on her because she needed she needed me to be there for her rather than you know a role reversal. Um, and, and and I'm really I'm really grateful that she reached out to me, and it was so sweet. Even my mom sent her flowers. It's like oh. <laughs> But she's an introvert and, you know, and who is she leaning on right now? If I'm a mess and she's leaning on me, then we're both a mess and we're both in this downward vicious cycle. Like at one point I was like, okay, you know, we need to go do something when you're not working because we keep talking about our emotions and it's just making it worse. Like we have to go do something to be productive with our time. So, Mm. yeah. I, I love that reminder of you know, when you're in the thick of it and you're kind of in that vicious cycle of, you know, you're just in the, in the, the mental side, you're in your head all the time and a way to snap out of it is movement. So like you said, you know, um, when you're getting that anxious feel, um, you know, starting to like, you know, snap yourself out of it with action, but how did you snap yourself out? Because sometimes when you're in those deep feels, it's like so oppressive that you literally just feel like a slug, like stuck to the floor. And how did you go from like slug floor life to like actually, you know, creating action? (laughs) How do you, how do you pull yourself from, how do you pull yourself off the bathroom floor? Yeah. Exactly. Way to make it sound way more eloquent than I did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What I did was, uh, you know, I I called my mom and I called my therapist, well, my psychologist, and um, and I just reached out. Um, I think I think introverts, while we're all usually very like 
deep and very like in, you know we're, we're I would say bottled up we've like internalized things a lot more um what I started doing was I just I, I limited the amount of distractions um and I really focused on, on the relationships that I needed for me to be able to pull through so you know I called my psychologist and I told her like I'm freaking out you know me I'm pretty good most of the time. I'm not one of your, you know, one of your, one of your folks that comes in here and has mental, you know, problems, but I'm not okay. And she was like, I, I'm really glad you called. Don't worry, you're fine. Like, you know, and she prescribed like the, like a 20 day prescription of like, I don't know, like Xanax or something. And I took two and it was fine. But, you know, and then, and then my mom, like, you have to have a camaraderie of people that are either distracted you they're being productive um, but they're not part of the problem the people that are part of the problem are the ones that create this codependency problem you know they, they want you to feel bad and a lot of people that are super narcissistic want you to call them because they like you feeling bad it makes them feel needed and you don't realize it so you know my and then what I did too is that I told my mom to call me every morning and my mom would call and check on me a lot. And then she would be my go-to when I just needed to vent. And then I created Google Docs of whenever I was experiencing these emotions or there was something that was bothering me. And I just had to like, I was going to have like an outburst, if you will, of like, what the hell is going on in the world? I hate this. My life is, I don't know what I'm doing. My career is failing. You know, my boss is at the end, like telling me I only have 30 days to pull it together because luxury sales are nowhere to be found in the world right now you know but she's still expecting me to, to perform and I was like I just need to vent and and my venting went to a smaller source of channels um and then once things mellowed out then I like reconnected with people but it just became much more of like this tunnel vision for me to be able to get through the beginning of COVID. Some beautiful tips there for people who might be kind of in the thick of really heavy feelings right now, um, especially yeah. if they're in the Northern Hemisphere, right? And it's winter and loneliness is gonna set in. So I love how you're giving, you know, reminding people to find um, your like, your small group of ride or dies um, that you're, that are really trusted and, you know, find the people who will distract or help you feel productive and moving forward, even if it's putting on um, hard pants, as one of my friends says, um, instead of the hot, the the soft elastic pants. Yeah, like my girlfriends and I would get dressed up and we would do like self care days. <laughs> We're like, what mask are you wearing? Like I need to do this, you know. And it was just about hanging out together. Or one of the things I recommend to you is like you create a pod. You don't have to be alone throughout all of this. You choose to be alone. Like, I think one of the things I took away and why I did the virtual co-working sessions is like, you don't have to be alone if you don't want to. If you don't want to date, you don't have to. But if you do want to date, go. Like, what are you waiting for? You know, then you just need to, you just need to adapt faster. So my girlfriends have um, created little pods of people that they feel comfortable hanging out with. Um, or places that we feel comfortable going. Um, but if I know someone is super negligent or someone just doesn't care at all, or, you know, they've, I, I jokingly, <laughs> uh, I jokingly told my, my boyfriend uh, about one of his guy friends. I said, I'm pretty sure that 
I would, I would, I would expect him to not use condoms, much less would I expect him to be, you know, like he's the type of guy that doesn't use condoms, much less would he be the type of guy to socially distance. Like, <laughs> to me, I don't think I really want to be around him all that much. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. So I can't, okay, we're going to jump into it, right? Because yes, um, I was joking with um, a couple of friends that like, you know, in 2020 with the pandemic, it's like, not only do you have to like, obviously ask about STDs, but you're like, and what is your, your thoughts on masks and social distancing, right? Because it's, it's yeah. all these part of these healthy boundaries, right? Right. right. You know, and it's, it is what it is. Like, I, I, I think if you're super negligent, you're being super negligent. But, you know, as an introvert, like, I just don't need more crap on the table whenever, like, there's already so much uncertainty right now. Like, I think if this year it taught me anything, it's just about protecting your peace at this point, you know? Oh, beautiful. I love that. Protect your peace. Yeah. And you were mentioning as well, like, you know, learning how to adapt. And I think pivot and adaptation are like the words of 2020. Um, we're, we're slowly kind of figuring out a little routine. And of course, it always changes. But I wanted to ask, um, as a dating expert, how did pivoting show up for your clients? And how did they adapt in the dating world? Um, it was a pretty hard stop for a lot of people, especially in New York, a lot of people went home. Um, what I've seen take place the most is that there's, it usually comes like, if, well, let me back up a little bit. So my advice would be, if you're doing online dating, you need to figure out uh, your narrative. You need to rewrite your narrative so that it sounds optimistic. Um, and you need to rewrite your narrative so that you bring more to the table than just having a conversation about COVID. It's the obvious, we've all been affected by it, but you can start the conversation differently with simply saying like, you know, don't don't begin with like, how does COVID treating you, right? Instead you can say like, hey, how was your week? What did you do? Anything fun? Something like that. And if someone asks you the question, how's COVID treating you? Don't answer that question. Answer another question that ends on an optimistic tone, right? Like oh, I'm doing really good this week. I, you know, worked out today. I tried this new, this new recipe. Like, I think this, if you're gonna, if you're gonna bring something to the table, bring something that is a little bit more of like, you're experimenting with things, or you have, I had the weekly call with my grandmother and she's so funny because she's putting the mask on her head now because she thinks it's protecting her brain. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> even if you make up stupid little white lies like that, not to say that you're like, if your grandmother's alive or not, but just saying like little funny things like that allow people to create a lightness about what we're going, what we're going through, you know? Uh, that's a that's a beautiful reminder. And when you're saying narrative, you're talking about like creating, you know, being coming to the, the date, whether that's a video chat or um, your first date or so coming prepared with little mini um, stories that you feel comfortable sharing. And right. it's about, like you said, I, I kind of see themes there like humor, um, uh, just like lovely little like um, uh, stories that show your interests. So it's like showing that resiliency and right. um, despite um, a crisis. Right, exactly. So, you know, I was, um, I, who was I talking to? I was talking to a client and he works, uh, he's in his residency in North Carolina. Um, and he's been, he's super sweet, nice guy. He's very introverted and super nerdy. And 
um, he was like, I, whenever I get online, like girls just talk to me about how's COVID and are you okay? And it's like, I don't want to talk about if I'm okay. It's one, it's too early. And two, I just like, I don't want to dump all of my mental and emotional bullshit on you yet. I just met you. And after you, it's one of the things that's irking me right now is the media keeps telling us to not feel good. And it's this negative reinforcement. Most people don't need therapists right now. They're really not depressed. They're just bored and restless. And the media is telling you to feel bad. And it's, it's doing the exact same things as the pharmaceutical companies are. But nobody's calling them out for it. Because their only incentive is to make money. It's a for-profit company, you know? Don't buy into this bullshit that like, oh my god, I'm so... I. I, I need therapy. I, maybe you don't need therapy. You just need to hang out with a really cool group of people and snap out of it. Like maybe you just need to not spend so much time on your phone. You know. Oh, that's yeah. That's such a good point. I think, yeah, the the power of content and media um, can be really overwhelming, especially in the middle of crises when you're going there for news to to remain safe and aware. But like you said, you know news is created by people who are imperfect just like us and they have their own fears and that will come across and sometimes the hours and hours of consumption of that you then start to reflect on oh my god i'm a bad person for not feeling this way or i feel okay today is that bad when you're like no you're you can actually feel joy in the middle of um, a crisis. Like you are a complex human with so many facets of emotion and emotion goes through you. You're an act, you're just a vessel, right? So it just yeah. burns, it's energy that goes through you and you, you feel it at the moment, but yeah. If he's not in a good mood, you don't have to talk to him, period. If they're not being positive, don't talk to them. Mm -hmm. Because again, you have to protect your peace and spirit your mental health is on the line not anybody else's once you have that you know established that tone for yourself then you can start helping other people otherwise it's just this vicious cycle it's like crabs in a bucket you know mm -hmm. absolutely and I, I love how you said earlier about you know, if somebody asks you a question, you don't have to necessarily respond to it. You can respond to the question you wish they asked. And so that protects your emotional vulnerability because it's early stages. You don't know if they've earned the right to your vulnerability, right? And so you're you're trying to like switch it up and trying to get to know that person. Yeah, yeah. And you can always tell people like, you don't, you don't always have to actually, you don't have to always be so direct, but like, I just don't want to talk about it right now. Like just answer another question, and that's that can be a, sometimes it takes sometimes it's better I think for introverts to kind of like ease into that too, um, into like opening up over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I love that other option because I, I know you're a sassy direct New Yorker and I love that because I love that energy, but we also have a lot of um, Midwesterners and Brits who listen, so they're going to be like, oh no, I love her sass, but that's like, I can't. Yeah, I have an attitude. I've always had one. My mom always was like, just, I, but I'm a late bloomer. I was really easy to raise, but as I've gotten older, she's like, oh my God, you're so much harder as a dog. <laughs> 
but I love that. Like you can, you you know, it's empowering um, people to in their dating as in the middle of a pandemic to really own their own voice and however they feel comfortable, whether it's, you know, being direct and confident or, you know, being um, subtle and um, but yet clear with how you want the conversation to go. So I wanted to, to chat about yeah, so we've talked about the challenges of 2020. And now that we've kind of all been starting to develop a routine, um, uh, I wanted to talk about how introverts can safely date while still having fun in the pandemic. Because I was talking to a few friends and, you know, in the middle of your routines, like these new routines you're developing and, you know, we have limited access to you know, a lot, a lot of people are maybe stuck in the city in a, in a flat where they don't have green space as much. And so um, their days can be very routine and very same. And some of them have said, hey, I actually have, I, I actually haven't even like spent that much time having fun this year. So yeah. I, I feel that like, yeah, how can we get back that fun and that joy and, and still safely date? Um, so, so you're asking more of like a process question, right? Like, how do you, how do you, like, literally, how do you date right now? Yes. Um, So I think there's a couple different ways to go about it. Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, um, or somewhere in between, like you have to realize that this is probably the best time to date. Um, and it sounds very uh, counterproductive, right? Because you're like, why? Everybody's stuck at home. Like, everyone's depressed and every life sucks. Like, what am I going to talk about? But it's like, no, this is actually the best time because life has slowed down and it's made us focus, right? So if you're like me and you want to go after the guy who has a lot on his plate, that's super busy, or the guy that travels a lot, the guy that is, you know, is is similar to you or has a lifestyle that you're really attracted to he's not doing shit right now he's at home what is he doing he's spending time on his phone he's dating probably there's this rawness that's available right now right one we're not as busy there's not as much noise in our lives besides social media but like the noise being like going to workout classes hanging out with our friends you know, traveling, all of the things that we enjoy, you don't get to do that right now. So you can have more open, honest conversations with people and get more quality time with someone. Also, I think women have the upper hand again um, because of the mere fact that women get to take control of the process. We may get more matches than men and we may have the upper hand in doing online dating, but we also get to lay our standards out a lot faster and have more direct conversations about who are you with? What are you up to? And that's not inappropriate anymore. Modern dating culture has been flipped on its head, essentially, because of COVID, because the implications of, you know, our lifestyle, because people have moved around a lot. And if you think about it, and you're, you're in a city where people have either moved back home or they're moving back into New York, for example, you you're left with either you either have the leftovers which means that people broke up (laughs) or you have newbie in your in your backyard and you should be (laughs) fishing around for it because men need the attention of women they are not good on their own and i keep telling all of my guy friends that are single i'm like 
they're like, well, maybe I just shouldn't date. And I'm like, no, you guys get weird if you don't date. Like, you need to be still putting yourself out there and at least chatting, going out to the dinner every once in a while. Even if it doesn't evolve into something, you still need to get into the game. The longer you're checked out, the harder it is to get back into it. It's just like getting a job in that sense, which sounds really square and generic and like formative, but it's very true. Oh, I love that perspective switch that you're doing, that you're reminding people of the opportunity in the middle of uncertainty, right? Because there's always there's always um, yin and yang in any situation. And just like when our um, in a crisis, though our our sometimes our emotions can cloud our our sight, there are amazing opportunities. And you're so right. I've talked to so many fellow introverts who have been dating. Myself, I've also been dating. Um, and what we found is, of course, you'll have the the normal types of people who, you know, just want maybe one thing. It's very physical, um, and they may ghost, right? Exactly. But it's very clear, which is wonderful. And and then you'll have the others who actually um, are realizing that they're lonely and um, they have a lot of time on their hands and it's not as rich as they'd like it to be. Cause like you said, all of their passions and, and hobbies have been limited and they're, they're actually wanting to um, connect on a deeper level. And it's actually been really, um, really enjoyable. Yeah. It's, and that's very true. Like you get to like, uh, you know, you don't have as many places you can go. Right. So maybe it's like, go-to bar around the corner isn't available anymore. Now you have to get a little bit more creative. And if you think about it, that's what women have always wanted. Like if we always want to sit back and think like, if he likes me, he'll chase me. He's going to come after me. And I'm like, well, guys actually have to make an effort now. What's so wrong with that? (laughs) And of course they're whining about it. Of course women are whining about it too, because they're like, he really just wanted to hook up. And I'm like, great. He made it more obvious in the beginning. You didn't waste any more of your time. Yes, absolutely. Ugh. What's wrong with that? Like, thank you. God, thank God we got that figured out before I spent a month getting emotionally involved and then I ended up hurt. Like, get out of here. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. You'd rather have the information there on hand at the first, you know, you know, cards on the table because then you can make a um, a really a nourishing judgment on based on your own um, boundaries and your own needs. Yeah. So yes. So once um, an introvert decides they want to dab their toes into the dating pool of twenty twenty ish, I'm I the next step is usually. They're going to go on the dating apps, right? And they're going to also think, okay, um, <laughs> how, how, do I, how do I even start to look? And I want to talk about dating profiles because I know you work a lot with clients on their dating profiles. And dating profiles are really just like the marketing pitch in dating, right? Um, yeah. But I wonder how can introverts create strong dating profiles that – like both state their boundaries in a COVID world while also conveying their really awesome personalities? Yeah, so that's um, that's a really great question. Um, without diving too much into it, I just like to preface with like, online dating is nothing but, nothing but um, a first impression. That's it. So it's a first impression of something, of who you are right now, like within the last, 
year to 18 months, right? So I think that, um, I think it's really important that people realize that if you're gonna do online dating, setting up your profile is, uh, it's something you have to be a little bit more strategic about. If you get a lot of matches, great, that's great. But it doesn't mean that you're going to sustain someone's attention, right? Because as we all know, we may start chatting and then things fizzle out. And then what do you do? You're like, well, that started off great, but it lost its heat pretty quick. So what do I, where do I do now? Um, my advice to people is that you either need to get off the app faster or you need to, you know, market yourself in a way that you're not throwing all of your cards out there. One of my really good friends that I did a dating profile revision for, you started off as clients, then we became friends, per usual with me. <laughs> um, she, she was just throwing her whole life story on her profile, and she was on like 20 different apps, and she was going out on 15 different da dates at a time, and I, when she hired me, I was like, this is exhausting. Not, not, not you doing the work, but me as a man coming on this profile, I see that one, you don't need me, and two, you're really intense. And as a man, I, with a little, I'm thinking more of like masculine energy, right? I'm gonna read your profile and be like, this is just too much. I don't, one, I don't have any, I'm not curious anymore, and two, I don't even want to take her out because there's nothing else to talk about. Or she's so self-absorbed that what else is, she didn't have time for me. What else does she talk about? Like, I, I know everything, but she's not going to want to know anything about me. And guys aren't, in, aren't insecure about that, but they can just, they make quick decisions when it comes to women. Women are like, oh, let me think, maybe this, maybe that. Like, guys are like, yeah, I like her. Okay, we'll keep talking not working out we're not going to keep talking they're just much more linear in their thought process and the way their brains are wired so your profile you know I, I think that if you want me to help you set up your profile or if you want me to look over your profile and give you like an assessment I think that's probably the best way to go about it instead of making all of these like blind decisions on you know am I attracting the, my dream part you know my dream partner like my but the one, or am I attracting my next best girlfriend? You know, a lot of women will be um, friend zone very quickly if if they are too intense on their profile, or if there's something about them that they just seem nice, but you don't have that little edge to your personality that a guy's going to be like, I'm hooked. So does that make sense? Absolutely, yes, and I. I think that's such a good reminder for introverts because we crave that that deep quality conversation. But with any sort of relationship, whether that's friend, colleague, um, intimate relationship, familial, um, it's all about the the slow um, the slow development of emotional vulnerability, and we forget that because we just really crave that richness. But I think what you said there is like such a beautiful reminder that. Um, you know, a reminder for people not to expect that rich, deep conversation straight off the bat. Um, yeah. That, like you said, it can be very intense and overwhelming for people who don't know the beautiful, multiple facets of your personality, and they only yeah. see that one, that one facet that's very intense, and it can be very off-putting. Right, right. So, with your profile, you're not trying to attract you. 
you're trying to show off the features and the treat the, the features and the, the traits that are most attractive to the type of person you want to be with. And so there's a really delicate balance there in, in making sure that you're not misrepresenting yourself, but you're just simply showing off the things that are exactly who you are, but are also going to be that like hook, that hook factor that, you know, a person is going to say, oh, what is that? Interesting. Oh, she's really pretty. Oh, and she does this. Oh, I like that. Oh, da, da, da. let me message her. And then the behavior afterwards comes to is is something that is a totally different concept that that I help with too. So whenever you're texting back and forth, and then you get off the app. So. Oh, that's that's a beautiful distinction there about how dating profiles are just hooks. You know, the, the <laughs> um, hooks to get you in, and then it's it's obviously the conversation, the meeting that's building up the momentum and the the connection afterwards. Um, I also want to talk about, so after, you know, after we've hooked them in or like, you know, you've made that initial connection and there's that genuine interest. Um, I, I, I wanted to talk about, um, building the momentum, um, because I think introverts, we have such a beautiful strength in that we have a strong inter inner world. That's very creative. And that's where we create, we strategize, we problem solve, but often the strength strength um, can turn into a challenge when we date. And sometimes that makes um, introverts more anxious because they analyze like all the actions and all the texts that they've received. And so I, I know that often dating multiple people can be a great way to distract introverts from this, but obviously the pandemic um, complicates that, right? Um, so- yeah. I'm thinking for introverts, um, wherever they are in the world at the moment, obviously there's lockdown restrictions that are various forms of lockdown and, and isolation. But um, I, I really wanted to develop, like, and I want to kind of chat about perhaps maybe what are some pandemic-proof tips that introverts can use that protect their boundaries while dating? Um, first of all, you have to know what you want, right? Um, you have to know what you want and you have to kind of, I want to back up a little bit and kind of go back to what you're saying with this like analysis paralysis, right? Because you overthink it. Um, if you, you, you have to know what you want whenever it comes to character and your standards, that's not in looks, that's not on, you know, credentials, like ignore all of that stuff for a moment and just simply figure out like, what do you want in character? When you look over at this guy, how does it behave? What's his personality like? What 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 hooks you in and keeps you there to sustain your attention when shit gets hard, right? So, like for me personally, um, the guy I'm dating now, the thing that I really love most about him is that I can depend on him, and he always shows up. He's never late. He and he sees things in me that I don't see in myself, and that is a quality I have not found in me. That, and I can admire him for him being himself too. Like we have this really, really cool dynamic and I really, really like spending time with him. So the character is the most important thing that you have to look for whenever you're doing online dating. Um, the other thing is that, you know, you have to categorize people's character faster. If this person is, you know, if this person, if you went on a date with them and you're just not really sure that they're, that, they're that interested, Simply just ask them. Be like, hey, what's up? Like, you know, do you want to see each other again? If you don't, it's totally fine. You can just be friends. 
I think that we have to, you know, as introverts um, who are trying to protect our peace, we have to go back to this idea that we're going to deal with projection. And since we are so analytical and we do crave a deeper connection, it's better for us to have a softer close than it is for us to deal with the ambiguity and the like, you know, the, the, the uncertainty of like, well, I don't even know if you're going to call me again. Like for me personally, I just would ask guys by the end of a, by the end of like a second second date, I'd be like, do you want to do the same channel? Does this feel good? And I just I just ask. And if they say yes, great. If they and if they don't, and if they say, um, yeah, and I'm like, it's okay if we just be friends. It's totally fine. And then they're like. Yeah, actually, I think it would be would be better friends. And I'm like, okay, cool. I think again, it's coming down to your mindset, right? So some actual practices of like things you can do during COVID is one, get off the app faster. And some of the verbiage that I that I use, um, and you should write this down if you're listening. <laughs> it's tough. you know, if you have connected with someone and you just mapped, you need to stop swiping on other people. You know, you have to stop swiping on other people so you can focus. You're the one that wants a deeper connection. It's your responsibility to bring it to the table, not the other person's. It's your job. So first of all, immediately connect with them. Say, hey, what's up, blah, blah, blah. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Tell them exactly what you're doing. I'm great. I'm just wrapping up this report at work. Um, it's been such a long day, but I made so much progress. Again, leading on a positive note, I made so much progress. Um, I hope my boss is impressed. My boss is kind of a dick, but we're not going to bring that up right now. <laughs> <laughs> right, and then and then they're going to know something about you already. Like you're directly talking to them, right? See, they already know enough to be able to respond in a much more direct manner and give you a little bit more of that self-disclosure. Then after the conversation goes through, and if you're looking at your phone, and I know like people are listening can't do this, but if you can do like two swipes up, and there's been enough conversation to where you feel comfortable giving this guy your number, just simply tell them, hey, it was really good chatting with you. I'm gonna log off the app for the night. Here's my number if you wanna if you wanna keep talking, and then. And then tell them what you're doing. I'm going to log off for the night because I have to get this workout in. I have to jump on this call for work or I have to call my grandma or I have to make dinner and I'm super tired. But here's my number if you want to keep talking. Blah, 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 blah. And then we'll put a little heart in there or something. And then he'll be like, oh, okay, I'll text you right now. <laughs> and then whenever he texts you, Respond to him in like an hour and be like, hey, what's up, how are you? And then send a cute gif or whatever, and or a gif or whatever, and then tell him, like, let's talk tomorrow. Because you're immediately setting the standard of how he needs to treat you. And you're telling him you're important, I want to talk to you, and he's going to res- respond with, if I want her attention, I will show up. Men are very simple creatures. We just need to know how to handle them in a way that they know how to navigate the courtship. We're the one that sets the tone for that. I think a lot of women forget that. You can still be the boss babe. You can still be the feminist. You can still be all these things, but like guys still want to know how to how to play the game, and you're the one that's setting the rules. So, so yeah. So I would do that. I would get off the app a lot faster, and then if you're not feeling it with someone, 
cut it quick. Like, just flat out tell him, like, I've broken up with a lot of men. <laughs> and they respect you more because you're not playing into the modern dating culture. They're men, and if they're immature adults and you want to treat them like a man, you have to just be direct with them and simply say, like, you know, I don't like this. If let's say they did something that just super turned you off, just say, hey, when you did this, it really turned me off and it killed the vibe. And then let, if you don't want to see him again, tell him, and I don't want to see you again. But if you just didn't like it, give him a moment to rebound and come back, right? So, so I think that it's, I think that whenever you're, you're navigating the dating culture of like getting into a relationship, I think that's where a lot of people are trying to figure it out and I I just learned that if you just put it out there and you say hey I like you I like where this is going this is what I'm comfortable with how do you feel about that and they don't tell you what you want to hear but they tell you what is the God honest truth you're the one that gets to decide how to navigate yourself next so oh. th- those are kind of like my pieces of pieces pieces of advice on that other yeah Oh, that's brilliant. That's such helpful information. And I love the scripts and, and just the examples so that people can kind of see that being played out. Um, and, and it's also just a beautiful reminder for um, everyone listening that um, those initial conversations, it's just information being ex- exchanged. And it's uh, we often get so, I, I think, especially as introverts, right, we get so focused on like in our head and we're like, oh, this could happen, this could happen. And you're seeing all this little like features. But if you if you step out of that, step out of your mind and you, you stay in the present and you're like, what is what is this response telling me? Is this, um, you know, because sometimes maybe a lack of response or a certain response will be like, that person's not for me. Or maybe, like you said, he's he's more of a friend. It's not what I'm looking for. Often we can kind of see these conversations through a lens of, of, future, of a future, like a predicted future or um, a, a certain expectations we have for an ideal person to fit into, which is... Um, can get us into a lot of trouble. Yeah, I think it's important too that men are really bad at online dating. They're really bad. And if they're really good at it, they're usually those fuck boys, right? So, like, the, like I remember this one guy asked me out, and he was, like, he was so hot. He was from Spain, and his family owned a winery, and he worked in the, you know, the, the entertainment business, and he just, like, was so suave and stuff. And I went on our first date with him, and I was just looking at him, and I, like, just kind of put my hands on the table like this, and just, like, popped my head to the side, and I was like, I think I've got you figured out. And he, like, looked at me, and he was like, I don't understand. And I was like, I think we should just be friends. And he was like, I don't want to be just friends with you. I'm attracted to you. And I was like, yeah, but it's not a mutual thing anymore. And I was like, how many dates have you been on this week? And he was like, <laughs> I, he was floored. He was like, I can't believe you're asking this. I'm like, I need to know because it's important to me. And he was like, I've been on two dates this week. And I said, and did you tell any of those girls who didn't want to be with them? And he was like, no. And I said, then it's not gonna work out with us because I don't wanna be with someone that isn't, is okay with lingering things, with letting things linger or letting things fizzle out. Like that, that just doesn't work for me, 
you know, and he was, and then he just ghosted me anyways, which I figured because I wasn't going to have sex with him on the first date and that wasn't going to work. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously that story is hilarious because it just makes me, I think everyone has um, a story or two like that. Um yeah. <laughs> but also I loved what you said there about if people are actually really good with like their online presence, sometimes it is because they, they just are, they have so much practice in it because that's just where they want to be. Yeah. The nice guys, the ones that, so I, my matchmaker friends always say, go for the guys that you get the slow burn with. If you talk to them a little bit and like the, the guys, one of my, my newest clients, he is, um, he's from Syria. He's brilliant. He's in the neurology program down in, um, down in North Carolina. And he's so smart. He's such a good man. And he's like, as soon as I find her, I'm going to give her everything. I don't care if she works. I don't care what she does. I just want her to be happy, to be beautiful in her own right. I want to have kids with her. He's like, I'm going to annoy the shit out of her because I'm calling her all the time. She's going to know where I'm at, what I'm doing, how I feel. Like, I just want to be able to commit. And he's like, and I do online dating, and I don't get any attention except for the fact that I'm a doctor. And he's like, and I've been a doctor for over 10 years. I'm just getting my residency here. But women are so jaded because they expect me to have this gregarious personality and I'm just a little slow to warm up but I'm always on time I always show up I always have something interesting to talk about I just don't do online dating well so I think women have to realize that the good guys are the ones that may not be the most hottest the 10 out of the 10 online but they're going to be either more attractive in person or they're going to get more attractive as you date them because you know men just generally aren't very photogenic to begin with and if they are it's you know that's either neither here nor there but that's not going to make you want them at the end of the day so that's another piece that i like to tell women like stop being so judgmental oh, i love it and <laughs> it is it's such a good reminder um i so i've talked to a few um introverts recently and they've said that they've actually been really frustrated with dating apps um, they've been trying to do video calls because that's where their personal boundary is right now for like um, living in a pandemic world, right? And they kind of want to get a feel for somebody before they um, they meet them face to face. But they're kind of juggling, you know, um, trying to to reach out and figure out who's who's happy to do video calls, and a lot of guys aren't comfortable doing them, and then they just. Right. And then they get um, and then like the women are just like feeling exhausted because the pandemic fatigue and they have a lot of other shit that they are juggling right now as well. So um, and and they kind of just, you know, they'll start a little bit on the dating apps, find just like it really exhausting and then just like take a beat and then just um, just, you know, step away for a bit. So. For those women who are just feeling exhausted right now and frustrated because they haven't been able to find anyone who actually does want a video chat with them um, or meet their, their initial boundaries, do you have any suggestions um, or tips for them and how they can they can actually get to that video date? Yeah, so first of all, if your profile um, is not attracting your type, like if you look like a party girl in your profile, the nice guy, like the, the, the neurologist that is, gonna you know that it's 
going to give his world, give his future wife everything in his in his, in his capability in his uh, capabilities. Um, you need to one change your profile first of all, because that is going to attract the type of person you want to be with. Um, second of all, your parameters may be too tight or too loose. You may also be on the wrong app as well. Um, and then if you are getting in conversations with someone and your conversations are either falling flat, I don't want to jump on a call with you because I already know how you look, right? But if the conversation is picking up steam, it's picking up that momentum right before it plateaus, don't let a conversation plateau, cut it short. Like I said, if you can scroll twice on the screen and you want to talk to this guy, make him call you. And just simply say, I gotta get off the app. I have, I really like talking to you. You know, I'd love to, you know, love to keep this going. Here's my number. I have to get into this workout class in like five minutes. Even if you're not getting into the workout class, say you're getting into a workout class. That's hot. So, so then what I would do is if you're experiencing all of this exhaustion and this fatigue, um, you're probably not that tired. You're probably again just bored and you're restless. You don't have anything to talk about that's new. You're not doing new things. You're not experiencing new things. And that's on you. You have to be the one that brings that to the table. And so what I would recommend is that you sign up for either like a virtual tasting with yourself. You join, like my girlfriend, um, Chef Tova, I know you know her, chefkova.com. Like, I love this girl. She's so funny. She's the biggest personality and so much attitude. Oh my God, I love her. She's adorable. <laughs> She's amazing, and she has these like virtual tastings going on, and it's really, really cool if you sign up and you do it with either your family, um, or you do it with your girlfriends. So like, you know, she does like bachelorette parties and stuff like that too. But I one of one of her clients did one with their grandma, and the grandma did the Alice in Wonderland one, and she said she just saw this like childlike side of her personality, and that's something that you bring to the conversation whenever you're doing online dating, right? Like, what have you been up to? Oh my God, I did this virtual tasting with, with, you know, with my grandma. And she would like reverted back to this six year old little girl who was probably picking flowers in her farm and somewhere in Kentucky, you know what I mean? Um, and that's adorable because then you can start showing photos, you can start engaging with each other to bring it to the, to bring more relevancy to like the things that matter to you right now, which are your family, your friends, your health, your job, like things like that, right? So the other thing is that um, you should probably join like our, uh, I host these virtual co-working sessions too. If you're tired and you have fatigue, you are not tired and you don't have fatigue, you're bored. <laughs> you're not depressed, you're bored and you're restless. You need to be around people who bring up your energy. Just like whenever you get into a workout class and you walk out of it and you're like, damn, that was good. Man, I love that instructor. You need to find yourself an instructor. And that's what my virtual co-working sessions are for. And that's with the in tandem business that I just started. Um, other thing is that if you are just really tired of dating, don't date. Don't, don't date because you're bored. That sucks. Like, and you're ruining it for everybody else. And then you're leading people on, which I think is really unfair. 
so much goodness there, girl. And I just love how clear and direct and just like, you know, reminding people to take ownership of, of, of their life because you're so right. Often when we're feeling um, depressed, it's because we're not moving. We're literally, obviously there's chronic depression and that is, you know, completely different. You know, staying with that some issue, but like, you really need to check in with yourself. Like I thought I was getting super depressed and I thought I was like, dude, I I was having panic attacks on my bathroom floor. I was like having existential thoughts because I was really unsure of what the fuck was going on in my life. And and this was supposed to be the year that I finally, man, it's going to be like one thing after another, after another, after another, like I, and it just crumbled for me. Everything stopped. And then I woke up one day and I was like, I can't do this shit. I have to figure out myself in order for me to take care of myself because it's not my parents or my boyfriend's responsibility. And it's nobody else's responsibility to help me get there except for me. I need to surround myself with people that are going to be on the same path because everyone that's making me depressed, it's their fault that they're, it's their fault that they're in their mindset right now. It's my fault that I'm letting them make me feel worse. So I'm really like, kind of. Oh, I love it. And it's so, so true because what you said there, like if you don't get your, if you don't work on your own happiness and your own, you know, your own things and your own passions, you can't be looking and going on the dating apps and expecting somebody else to make you happy because that's going to set you and that other person up for disaster. And then as soon as you feel better, you're going to dump them anyways. And you just wasted his time. So don't be selfish. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my God, I love it. So I, I wanted to ask you um, a couple more questions before um, we um, end our, our chat, although I don't want to end it because it's amazing. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to talk about the elusive third date. I, uh, myself, you know, like I'm sure you, like everyone who's done the dating apps, it's like the, the third date is like, you know, if you're watching like a uh, planet earth and it's like David Attenborough's like, uh, like commentary comes on, you're like, Oh, look, the elusive third date. It's in the, it's in the shrubs. And it's like, you're like, I don't know. Am I going to get it? I don't know. So, um, I, I think especially as, um, as we're kind of navigating the, the pandemic and uh, like all the, like the video chats and all these, you know, our restaurants open and all these things, um, I, I know that some introverts have shared that it takes them a while to open up. Um, yeah. But in a fast paced dating world, they're left starved for real connection. So yeah. h- how can introverts be authentically them and secure that third date? Um, so the third date, we're going to move into my roommate's uh, room because that's on my computer. <laughs> um, so the third date, I think it's really important. Um, when you're doing the third date, you have to figure out what works for you in your comfort level. And then you have to you have to figure out what works for you in your comfort level. And you have to give guys ideas, right? Figure out what your friends are doing. If you want to be, if you feel comfortable being with this person and in their home, or you want to invite them in your home, go for it. But I wouldn't lead with the typical, like, I, for me personally, I wouldn't lead with the typical, like, let's just make dinner. I would either bring a board game. I would um, play Cards Against Humanity virtually with a random group of people. 
I would, you know, listen to uh, my favorite music and, you know, like that's one thing I did in, in my isolation ship in March was I had one, I had like one hour, I played all of my favorite songs and then he had an hour where he played all of his favorite songs, which I don't like his taste in music at all, but it was really good learning experience. <laughs> And then also what we did was we wrapped up the evening by simply, um, we did like these dancing classes together. So if we can't go do the things we want, bring the things you love to do inside your home or, you know, get creative and, um, and, and make those things happen like in your, in, in your city or whatever. So I'm really looking forward to whether I'm in a relationship with this guy or not. I cannot wait until I can get all of my friends together in Central Park and host a massive snowball fight. Like, it's going down, and it's going to be COVID safe because we're all going to be completely covered. I cannot wait to slam my boyfriend's ass straight on the floor and, <laughs> like, stuff so much snow in his face because he's driving me crazy because we're spending too much time together in the house. <laughs> <laughs> with a guy too like if there was a new guy i would be like let's have a snowball fight right now are you interested and you'd be like okay because that's you have to get creative and make the most of it you know um so does that answer your question i think i might have gotten a little off <laughs> no, I love the the reminder for people to um, be creative as they date because, yeah, we, we actually have a lot more time on our hands. Um, we're not commuting. We're working from home, a lot of us, unless you're essential workers. Um, so you do have time to think of creative ways or creative things that you want to do but haven't had the time to do. Yeah. Also, you should stay busy. Even if you're not busy right now, People need to know that you're busy. So say, I have to get up and don't keep that date going till midnight. Don't keep that Zoom call going for three hours. Just say like, keep it as a normal date. Like I'm gonna enjoy this glass of wine with you. And then, you know, don't tell them at the beginning, I have to jump on another call because that's really calculated and not very genuine. But just after like a glass of wine or two on a virtual date, say like, I, I look, it's already 8.30. I love talking to you. Don't think I'm a grandma over here that goes to bed by nine, but I really have to get a couple of things done before tomorrow. Um, in like my personal finances, something that makes you seem really responsible. <laughs> um, and then be like, but, and also like I'm a cheap date. So if I pour another glass of wine, like the computer's going to fall to the side. <laughs> and then be like, can we talk tomorrow? And then he'll be like, yeah, sure. And then it gets him excited again, right? Something like that. Absolutely. I love those little um, reminders to keep dates sweet and short, um, leaving them wanting to find out more. It's like that mystery, but also making sure that your your own life is really rich and full of things that you want to do and, and really defines your personality so that it yeah. it creates that those little fun stories that you can share as well. I think it's important that we kind of, we remove the formality of dating, even though dating culture has kind of wiped it out anyways. You remove the formality of it in, in that you don't have to go on these like expensive places where there's all the novelties of dating, right? There's not all the flashiness, but you can actually spend more quality time together. And at the beginning, I think it's really important for introverts to say that you let the relationship progress naturally 
but keep in mind that you don't need to, you know, exert all of your energy up front. Again, let, you know, trust yourself. I think that there's that intuition that, that a lot of people tend to forget. Um, and then spend time, like if this, if you're having a board game night with like one or two other friends, you know, are super careful, invite him over. It's time. Like it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter if it works out or it doesn't. It's the mere fact that you're including him that's going to make your relationship move at a much more natural pace too. Absolutely. And I think that's a beautiful reminder as well that you were talking even links back to what you're talking about earlier in the call about um, how we can tend to be a little codependent um, as empaths. And so you're reminding people to again, to kind of check that tendency to be codependent and to like, completely control the conversation or put your, you know, overcompensate or um, just put too much effort into a new, um, you know, moment with somebody, with somebody new. The, when I go on first dates, um, and I know that I have this like really bold personality and we've been, we've been talking, we've been talking for a couple of weeks now, like, you know how I am, but for most, especially in the dating space, I take a minute to warm up to guys because I like to observe and then open up slowly. And then by the end of the first date, they usually know I'm a little bit of a wild card. I'm probably a little bit hard to pin down and I'm very, very, very secure with myself. So for me, I look at three checked boxes on a first date. One, do I want to be this person's friend? And on the first date, I'm not trying to figure out a second date or third date or get married. I just want to feel like, do I like talking to you? Do I like hanging out with you? Are you, you know, in, in this first engagement, like, would I want to be friends with you? If I met you at a party and I was like, that dude's really cool, or I could be that guy's best friend. That's the first thing I look for. Second thing is, how are you treating me? You know, are you meeting my standards just by being yourself? And then third, like, there has to be that sexual chemistry there for me. I have to feel like, when I walk in on the first date where I go, oh, shit. Oh, no. This is bad. Like, okay, Lisa, cool your jets. <laughs> <laughs> but if, and if I can't get all three of those boxes on the first date, there won't be a second. There won't be a third. But if, the, if those things can slowly burn and I can become to like you more as a person and as a friend on a third and a fourth date... That's whenever I really start to open up. I start to be more quirky. I start to like be more like, you know, obnoxious in some ways. But I really like to just let the guy lead for a moment. So then I can just kind of feel things out myself. And that tends to work for me. So. Oh, such, such good tips there for everyone listening. Well, I um, really appreciate the time that you've taken to drop some like words of wisdom, but it's also sassy, hilarious conversation um, as always. Um, and you, you, you create some beautiful um, uh, services for people who are really willing to take action, which is what you're encouraging people in the conversation to do. So you have two, um, two uh, services. I'd love to, to hear more about them and how people can connect with you after hearing um, about all these wisdom nuggets. Sure. So the first thing I do is um, I do dating profile revisions. I spent five years in the matchmaking industry. I've done thousands and thousands of interviews with every single demographic you can think of, all ages, all backgrounds, all around the world. 
Um, and I, I was in a, I was one of the like heads of national training programs. Like I really understand the dating industry and I understand the complexities of uh, online dating because the first, the reason why people come to matchmakers is because they either hate online dating or they can't do online dating. So <laughs> lots of those conversations come up <laughs> um, in every call I would have with, with clients. So I, I work on, I do these dating profile revisions um, specifically so that, you know, you may, you need, most people don't know how they're marketing themselves and their first impression is either nowhere near how cool or how smart or how, you know, interesting they are as a person or two, they're marketing all of their interests and their traits to the wrong demographic. So your type of person wants to get on there and go, oh my God, there he is. Oh my God, there she is. And if you're not doing that in a way that has this like finesse about it with your photos and then also the way that you talk about yourself, you may get a lot of likes, but people lose interest very quickly. Or they see that 10 out of 10 there, and that's what they're comparing you to which is really unfair and it's a very superficial experience but you don't have to buy into it you just need to outsmart it and so that's where my expertise really steps in to help you figure out who you are and how i can market your profile so that those connections feel like a second date even before you go on your first okay so that's my first thing and i love working with clients because it's super personalized it's very much one-on-one -on -one with me and, um, and I just love meeting people to get that depth and that connection as an introvert, right? Um, the second thing that I do, which is where people often mistaken me as being an, an extrovert, is that I love to bring people together, um, but I like to do it under my control. <laughs> I don't like going to big house parties because it just exhausts me within like 20 minutes. Um, I've never been to a barbecue in my life. <laughs> like, I like, no, I'm not there. Um, so I post these virtual co-working sessions because I realized um, for myself that I can't show up and help people if I'm not taking care of me. And I really missed socializing. And I know that the world is on pause right now, but even before we were able to leave our homes, a lot of small business owners are very isolated or we have these dreams and these goals of things we want to get accomplished. but we don't have the camaraderie of doing it with other people. Um, and so I created in tandem as a way to bring people together, to hold themselves accountable, and then to bring this really, you know, this camaraderie and this community to light so that if you are sitting there and you're on the call with six other people and they're all entrepreneurs, someone is bound to know how to work a website. And if you're trying to figure out that stupid anchor and moving it around, and then you're, you're like, I just don't get it. There's a soundboard there for you to fall back on and say like, I'm building this website. Does anyone have a second to talk? And the sessions are only like, uh, you know, an hour to maybe two hours long. So they are very structured and that you are expected to show up and get your, your shit done. But there's also this really beautiful, like organic connection that takes place in the process. So some people get a lot out of it within one session. Some people, for me, it's become the structure that I really need in my day-to-day -day life. When I could start working at 8 a.m. or I could start working at noon, it doesn't matter as long as I get my work done. 
But having something to look forward to and and a group of people that hold me accountable to get my work done has really helped my productivity. And it's for my mental health, it's just been a complete game changer. And that's how I met you. Exactly. Absolutely. In fact, I can't wait to, um, we'll actually be seeing each other again on Zoom um, for our little co-working um, time. <laughs> right? So um, for women who are like... It's so hard to Oh, thanks, girl. Well, for women who are like, yes, I want either want to um, build or, you know, need support on my dating profile or I want to jump on these virtual co-working um, options, where can they find you? Yeah, so um, if you want to do a dating profile revision or you want me to look over it and just jump on a free call with you to see if, like, you may not even need help. You may actually need coaching, for example. I'm not a coach. I'm a consultant. So, you know, if you if you want me to look over your dating profile or you need just a, a resource to, to get in touch with me or you need a resource to figure out why you're single and why only dating sucks, totally, you can reach out to me on findmytypeonline.com and I'm on Instagram and all the social media platforms too, so you can go there. Um, or what you can do is um, you can come to my Dating and Relationship Advice Facebook group. It's a bunch of moderators that are in the mental health industry. It's called Between the Lines, Dating and Relationship Advice. Um, and then if you want to join our co-working sessions, which are super fun, and it kind of takes out the monotony of our day-to-day work life, um, or you want to work on your side hustles, and you just want to hang out with a bunch of really cool girls. Some of us are really big introverts and don't talk much. <laughs> and then you have a couple girls that are super wild and they bring the party every time they're on the call (laughs) Um, then you can just simply go to intandem.co as our instagram if you want to find our website which is launching here in uh the next couple weeks um that is intandem.us and uh and with this right now it's totally free um and once we launch officially it'll be two free sessions a month and then I'll have the membership price, which will be like about a dollar a day. So, yeah. Fantastic. There'll be a bunch of perks coming too. I'm working with a lot of really great collaborators and I'm very, very excited about it. So. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you and to be able to see this at like at its early stages and seeing all the joy and passion that you put behind it. And ladies. I know, right? Ooh. <laughs> so ladies, if you want to work with Lisa, either with dating or um, to jumpstart your um, entrepreneurship or to support you while you are looking for jobs and putting out the resumes, um, you can find all the links down in the show notes um, of this episode. And like I said, Lisa is the real deal. She's fantastic. I'm actually jumping onto a, a virtual co-working space after this um, podcast. Uh, so I I definitely um, love her her work and what she's doing and definitely happy to give her a shout out. So Lisa, thank you so much for your time. All your like love, joy and sassiness. I love it. I know. I'm excited to see everything that you've brought to the table too. You're going to blossom and I feel like 2020 is just getting started, but we get to do a do-over in about 45 days. (laughs) Hell yes to that (laughs) do-over. Thanks for listening to this episode. Hopefully it gave you the boost you needed to start your week. If it did, 
It would be appreciated if you spent two minutes right now to give this podcast a review on iTunes and then share the episode with an introverted friend who needs to hear this message. Your review will make sure other ambitious introverts who are struggling to find their voice and focus find this show and can receive the love and support we hope you felt today. Thank you. And remember, your perceived introverted weaknesses are your powerhouse.